Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. A Dear Media original podcast. Hello, welcome to Wine Face, where we're breaking down everything the experts know about wine in a fun, digestible, and accessible way because wine is for enjoying and wine is for everyone. I'm your host, Helen Johannesson from Helen's Wines in beautiful Los Angeles, California. And let me just be the first to tell you all, wine synergy is a real thing. And a few years ago, I met today's guest, and that is literally exactly what I felt synergy. But beyond that, wine synergy. I was like, there is synergy here. We're going to get into it. It's going to flourish. And it really has. I can't wait for y'all to hear it. But he is probably most well known as the COO of the Kinsey African American Art and History Collection. But he has so many other ventures and projects, including the nonprofit Natural Action Wine Club, the very influential and culty and much coveted to be a part of West Side Winos, as well as a new wine bar in Santa Monica. He's co-owner, I know it's owned by a few people, of Offhand Wine Bar in Santa Monica. Khalil Kinsey, thank you so much for being on Wine Face today. Peace, Helen. It's, it's a pleasure, <laughs> truly. Oh, this thank is, you for having me. There's like, I have so many questions just even like reading that intro, but <laughs> I feel like you're one of the best people I've met in wine. And when wow. I said wine synergy, it was like, honestly, how I felt when I met you. How many years? I think it was like, must have been before the pandemic. Well, first off, you know, the feeling is 100% mutual and Thank just you. all love and respect and admiration for you. And Same. you've been a real beacon for me and for 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 my brothers, uh, just in terms of how you've approached uh, the world of wine and oh. what you've added to the world of wine. So, Thank you. So, now, so thank you. We first met, though. Pre, you know, prior to all, to even really my involvement professionally in wine, yeah. through Lisa, through my yeah. my, my fiance, and but you're always into wine, always, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in a a family of wine enthusiasts. Some may call them luscious. I um, had a question about that. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. We'll get so, to that. So that's really was was what you know what propelled me into wine. It was a very natural upbringing into it. But yeah, you and I met first. I remember it was at, I believe at Animal. Yes. Um, with Lisa. Yeah, with Lisa. and Lisa you know, Stein. Yeah, yeah. So, best. you know, and then I just remember, you know, being very impressed and just, you know, meeting you and learning about, you know, what you all were embarking on and also being familiar with John and Vinny, just being, you know, 
one of the one of the cats on Fairfax, you know. So <laughs> our story begins, you know, on Fairfax. Really. Like so many yeah. years ago. Yeah. Fairfax yeah. is so important. So before we get into like how you got into wine, where you are today, I want to back up. Out of school, did you immediately get into art? Like the art to me yeah. is so fascinating. Your family has this immaculate, incredible collection. Thank you of African-American art and art from all over the world? Or yeah, it's a global collection. Yeah. What got the public's attention is the African-American component, which is the most robust at this at this point. But it's been, you know, a journey or it's the result of a, you know, 50 plus year journey of collecting and, and arts appreciation and cultural. But I didn't have, and I still don't really have any formal training in it, which I'm, I, I, I say with best. pride. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. I think that's the best. I say with pride. I feel like you don't need um, it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I came into it naturally, again, just from my upbringing and what I was exposed to from a young boy on, of the arts and travel, right? right. And then my, my family's friend group, who were like aunts and uncles to me, but were prominent artists or, you know, people in the arts. And so uh, that was really my education. Insane. Like, yeah. to grow up that way, traveling yeah. around the world. Around it, creative people yeah. all day. I got a real glimpse at people that were able to kind of write their own stories yes. and imagine their lives and build their worlds in really beautiful and creative ways. And I was taken by that from a very young age and exposed to so many different thought processes and ways of being that I think that's just what I connected to mostly. And it's what allows me now to this day to connect a lot of dots and kind of traverse a lot of different landscapes. But yeah, the arts was was something that I just grew up in. And then when I got into it professionally, I've learned it was really like seriously on the job training. Been blessed with so many arts professionals I think it's the best that way took to me on, took interest yeah. in my journey and took an interest in my career early on and and showed me the ropes. But me coming in it from the outside has allowed me for me to break the rules in the right way to imagine things in a different way. And um, I wouldn't change that I mean, for the world. Because, yeah, when you, when you don't see boundaries, then it makes it boundless what you can exactly. do. Which yeah. is, like, yeah. kind of, I think, the best way to operate. Right. People, like, I, try and look at the boxes or create them and try and put themselves in them. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 exactly. no, no. So, wait, did you jump right into working with your family? Or yeah. did you work in the no. arts in other areas? Like, how um, did you get to the... Kinsey collection, and then I want to get yeah, into like yeah. Well, back to Fairfax. Yeah. I mean, prior to that, even though I was in fashion oh, and shit. music and music, so I made music for from high school on. It's incredible uh, rap music, and still, you know, still am very much in that world. Put out a lot of music under Diz Gibran, which is is okay. my my. Uh, a lot of people know me as yeah. And then uh, I was in Florida for a number of years. I moved back to LA in two thousand five, and right after the right at that point, you know, streetwear was at a at a real you know kind of rebirth. Mm. And I was a part of that. So, you know, just us and friends and, and the whole Fairfax area was all just what we built together. Yep. And so that's where my journey began was through fashion. But I, even back in college, I had a I had my first clothing store my sophomore year. No way. In college. Where'd yeah, you go to school? Tallahassee, Florida, in Florida A&M University. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I grew up a skateboard. What was it called? Team Style. Team Style. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But an independent clothing store, it was based on a brand that a friend of mine, his older brother, had started out of Washington, D.C., and he would travel to Florida to visit his brother, but also bring all these clothes to, with him. I always wanted to have, like, things that everybody else didn't, you know what yeah. I mean? So I would, you know, cop that and then, but but get a lot of people, a lot of questions about it and everything. So we kind of started helping him out. And then we were able to open this store. And it was my first foray into entrepreneurship. Well, 
in a, in like a very form, you know in a professional way. I had always been been kind of a entrepreneurial person, but um yeah, first store short lived. So jumping back into kind of what was going on here and right on Fairfax started by you know when Supreme opened up in 04, it opened everyone's eyes, all of us to Fairfax. Yeah, right? did your parents see that as art? At the time. Interestingly enough, my parents, you know, I think, you know, just like a lot of parents of their era and generation, they saw a very, they saw, they wanted me to do a little more, take a more traditional route. My, my parents yeah. too. They yeah. were not thrilled yeah. about restaurants. Yeah, they didn't they were like, that. what are you doing? No. Why? And so, you know, I think out of love and, and caution and concern, they always tried to push me into what was proven. Yes. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and ironically, you know, it's like they were, they were exposing me to all this other stuff, it, but were still trying to kind of, you know, tell me to walk this straight and narrow path. And I kind of bucked that at every opportunity just because that's, number one, who I was raised to be. But also, I discovered early on anything that I was trying to do for others never ended up, never came out right. You so I mean? what was your first glass of wine? Like, do you remember, oh, yeah. do you remember wine as being a part of your life? I remember champagne first. Yeah. I <laughs> Oh yeah, God, that's I amazing. I, because it was always just celebratory. And I grew up in a very celebratory household. My parents always entertained and they enjoyed food and, you know, wine and, and champagne. I grew and, up in like the opposite house. Yeah. So I'm literally like, I'm like, <laughs> that sounds so amazing. Yo, like literally though, like back to the art of it, like my parents used to open their house and actually convert them into like art galleries for a weekend wow. and have art shows for an art, to for show artists their that collection. they were. No, no, to actually support artists that they oh, were, amazing. you know, that they wanted to expose to others, right? As patrons of the arts, like literally turning their home into an art gallery, bringing in this artist's work and inviting their friends to come and experience it. And so we would have like art openings. Know, at the house. It's incredible. And so, you know, champagne was a part of that. Gotta have it. Right? And and like all of those things. So I remember those experiences as some of my first, you know, little tastes and sips. <laughs> okay. So back in the day, I feel like when I start, first started working at Animal on Fairfax, like skate culture didn't really mingle with wine. It right. was like very separate. Yeah. I'm not saying like since you have now found yourself in like so steeped in wine mm -hmm. and I don't know if you could see this for yourself. I'd love to just hear about like, was it something you were always into? Was it a secret you kept? Like okay, not yeah. a secret, but I don't know. I remember I would just go to Supreme and be like, you guys want to come in for a glass of wine? And they'd be like, uh, no, we're good. Right, so now yeah. they come into John and Vinny's and eat. Sure. So the context changed, right, you know? Right. No, well, you know, and I think there's a lot of factors for that at the time, especially, but no. I mean, for, well, back up for me, yes, I was always drinking wine. Skating um, and drinking wine. Yeah, like it was a thing for me because it was just what I grew up knowing. And yeah. I drank cocktails a lot and we partied. I was, I never got wine like in, in the club. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, That'd be amazing. You're rolling but in with like dinners. Yeah. But dinners. And, you know, I grew up loving restaurant culture mm. and loving having a night out. And I knew about corkage. Yes very young and mm. people it's still amazing because a lot of people still don't know you know you a lot of restaurants allow you to bring a bottle and you pay mortgage yeah. fee and boom but i was doing that with friends all the time and we were always intent on going and finding and having a nice meal and this was whether in la or anywhere else and then my best friend taryn who's also my business partner he and i were kindred spirits in that all the time so I would always bring a bottle of wine wherever possible. Stop at the stop at a spot and get a bottle, or because it's just what I grew up seeing. I was kind of imitating that at the yeah. time. Like this is what you do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But also exposing. I remember just friends all the time, and or whether it be on a date or whatever. Like everybody be like, "You brought a bottle?" Like you know what I mean? Like how you know and that type of thing. And then like you're allowed to do that. Yeah, like you're type allowed thing. to do yeah. that. And then others would start doing it as well. And um, that was just kind of part of it. But there weren't a lot of us doing that. 
like early days of the yeah. winos. Yeah, early days. yeah. That's, I mean, where we are now with West Side Winos and everything else is truly. Could you explain to everybody what that is? Like, what sure. are the auxiliary, like, yeah. talk to us about West Side Winos, its inception. Yeah, West Side Winos is kind of what really propelled us into wine as a profession or, you know, being what really started out friends, just love wine and were sharing wine. And then also what, what kind of catalyzed it was seeing that others were curious friends and then others. So we started out at the Friend Bar, which is owned by my best friend Taryn and, and Jared and their partners. But we would do these Sunday, monthly Sundays called the Friendly Market. Awesome. And I would DJ. I, I play music on the side. I'm not a technical or professional DJ, but I love music and Passion. I love playing music for others. Yeah. And so I would DJ, me and me and the homies, and then there would be vendors, a lot who were, who were employees, you know, bartenders or whatever else, but did all these, this dope stuff, you know, outside of work. So it was a chance for all of the Friend Bar family to showcase what they did, right? And so it was called the Friendly Market. We would have a food element and then the cocktail bar, you know, the bar. But on the side, Justin, <laughs> uh, who's the third member of, of West High Winos, he brought a bottle one, one time. And awesome. he was like, hey, pour, you know, like, I know y'all love wine. Like, you know what I mean? Let me pour this for you. And we all were like, yo, like we, if we had known, like we'll bring, we need to bring bottles too. <laughs> so from then on, we would just bring bottles to share with each other. But every time people would be like, yo, what are you drinking? Or what, we can't drink, we can't have any wine? Like, you know what I mean? Things like that. People and wanted to be included. They wanted to. And then, but what was happening was they would express their, you know, that they 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 were intimidated by wine or didn't mm. like wine or whatever it may be. And we found ourselves educating our friends and others on wine as they were drinking and seeing that the conversion. Right. Oh, you know, I love and this that. was and this natural wine, right? We were we had already really, you know, years ago dove into the, the world of natural wine, very much intrigued by it, but also learning about it through farm to table restaurants and different yes. things, right? Yeah. So it went hand in hand and was kind of part of how, you know, what we wanted to support. We found ourselves educating. At the same time, we were going around the city, going to wine tastings and making friends in wine. So at a certain point, we were like, yo, we should do wine tastings here yeah. as part of this event. Love it. And we started doing that and they really took off. But at the same time, being from Los Angeles, Taryn and I, it always comes back to a crew name uh, or, or something. I right? know. I'm like, so I'm like, like I we don't gotta have, call ourselves something. It. You know what I mean? And so we always on that. So uh, we came up with West Wanos. What do you think about the Los Angeles wine scene? It's, I mean, it's interesting to me because you have a really intimate view of art, the art scene. You grew up in a really like special. It sounds like just this insane experience. And then you also have been around wine, grew up in wine. I'm not from LA, but like to me, both of those scenes, I am in the art scene a little bit because of my partner. Sure. And then like I'm in restaurants and wine. Yeah. It's changed so much. Like, yeah. what do you think? Like, what's yeah. your for the better and for, yeah. you know, for the better? 100 percent for the better. Um, it used to be bad on both fronts. Right. Very much right? so. Like, and I Very hate I don't like so. to say anything's bad, yeah. but like yeah. closed. Close is, is the proper, I think the proper word and exclusive in the wrong ways. Yes. Um, I'm able to draw a lot of parallels between those, the two worlds. Yeah. And my role in, the, in both are very similar in terms of exposure and access and education, right? And, and you're not just educating your consumer or your customer your, or, or the viewer, right? right. A, you're also educating the establishment. Yes. You know, as part of it as well. And so... I, that and I'm and I we are part of a of a large group of people who are doing this work in a lot of different ways, coming at it from a lot of different approaches that are all needed. And so, early on though, nah, like you know, growing up in LA, 
we we always rush to kind of the places where we weren't supposed to be. Right. Or quote unquote. Right. right like right, right, where, right. you know what I mean, whether it be in Beverly Hills or whatever else. We're like, we deserve to be here too. We know what we're talking about. Yes. We enjoy this stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And we found ourselves kind of being a part of changing people's perspectives, you know, what incrementally, right? Small in small ways. And very much so what we've seen in the last 15 years or so has been about this elevation, about inviting more people, more perspectives, more stories to the, to into the picture and making it a much more beautiful landscape yeah, as a result. So much of it, better. You know what I mean? And, and um, I think it's the only way it can go, right? You can yeah. you can't it all of these all of these industries from just the business perspective of things and sustainability perspective as a business have very existential questions to ask themselves and to analyze in terms of who is our audience, mm-hmm. right? As these people get a- age out, yeah. right? And Museums who will be? It, who will and be? who will be, right? Yeah. And who, what are we cultivating? Who, who are, are we the inviting new collectors? In? All of these things, yeah. right? Because if not, you're gonna, you, you, you die. It's, you know what I mean? Figuratively and literally. And so those are things I, I think the people who are open-minded, forward-thinking, all of that, those are the ones that are embracing this, the, the, yeah. you know, all of this new, this, you know, this new generation because there's a very critical thing to solve at the core of it. You know what I mean? So I, I never try to be, like, I'm not naive in thinking that it's just, you know, it's all uh, just on for the goodwill of it all. Yeah. There's business wrapped up in this as well. I mean, we're- There's in, a lot of money. I mean? There's a lot of a lot money of wrapped money. up and in this as well. And there's also what's so crazy to me, though, is like there's even more money. Like, it's the only yeah. way forward to me is because it's really the only way business will work in the yeah, future. Exactly, yeah. And so if you're naive to the fact that, like, it has not not like it has to happen. It should happen, but like there is so much more that can happen if right. people would just like let go of their own shit. Absolutely, it's like you know. it's so crazy. But I feel like when I started Helen's, just to like piggyback on what you said, it was I was a hundred percent like, all right, I'm investing in my customer, and they're 21 mm. now, mm-hmm. but one day they're gonna be 40. Right. One day, yeah. and this was like eight years ago. One day. I want them to be like, you know what? That's where I'm going to go buy my wine. Absolutely. A lot of people don't think about it, though. I'm going to tell you. No, truly, Especially since the landscape of L.A. is changing. Right. Businesses are opening all over L.A. A lot of people just don't think about stuff. They really, and you would be, like, shocked. And it's sad. And I know people can really be It's sad. It's sad. But, you know, life has a way of working it out. And people people will tell you when you, you know, people have a way of, you know, pushing you forward or, or not, right? Or not supporting or you. Or leaving and, you behind. Or leaving if you, you behind. Can. Exactly. Yeah, that's my and, MO. And, these you know, days. in the city, it's a beautiful time. It's it's an interesting time as far as the amount of, or, or the, you know, the landscape and how it's shifting mm-hmm. in all over the city. Like yeah. growing up, you know, I mean, and I don't want to just toss the word gentrification around because it's not, that's sure. not the case everywhere. There, is, there are places where there's a blending, there's mm-hmm. an update, you yep. know what I mean? But, 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 you know, the, the existing, culture and residents are still part of it. 100%, you know what I mean? And things yeah. like that. There are other places that are where, where Just, erasure is happening. Yeah. And they that gets dealt with dealt with in its own way or not, you know. But, I think erasure is the right word. Yeah. It's not erasure, just yeah. Like that is to, really what is happening sadly in some areas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree yeah. with that. But you know, but like John and Vinnie Slauson, right? And and what you know, I live in that neighborhood. Yeah. I live in View Park. And that is an area where I don't think it'll ever be there will ever be erasure, no. right? Because of what's been instilled there, the pride that's there, 
and the acknowledgement from anyone that comes in. New and the business thriving wise, businesses. The thriving, There's the thriving businesses, businesses that do that. so well yeah. out as they should. Yeah. But I think people assume like, oh, no, you know. Right. I mean, us opening John and Vinny's in Slauson, you know, that wasn't like our intent. Yeah. It was a, no, I know. yeah. Right. And it right. was a wild journey. I think like I've heard about some businesses opening, not really in South LA, but more in East LA who like, they didn't even consider what the community would think. Didn't even ask. Didn't even ask. And that's and what like, you mean though. That's that obliviousness. Yeah. It's like, you know? well, what did you think would happen? Right. You think people would just be like yeah. stoked and be like, let me go <laughs> right. spend money there. <laughs> right. But right. it's a trip. It's absurd. Like, yeah. you know, but, but you're absolutely right. There are people who just, for what, for a lot of different reasons, don't think about these things and don't even know how to think about these things. Yeah. Right? But then, but they don't ask either. No. You know what I mean? It doesn't even go their thought. Right. One of my favorite things about Helen's and working in wine and food and restaurants, because I spend a lot of time in John and Vinny's yeah. and operating yeah. and helping as with a team, we operate together. Who are my future Psalms going to be? Mm -hmm. I have an amazing team now who like, I don't even know if other people would have been able, not that I'm like, I'm so special. I found it, but like some of them, it started with a conversation mm -hmm. of like, they randomly worked an event for us or like mm -hmm. they did holiday packing for us last year. It's just cool. I'm excited. I want to do our bottle reveal. Yeah. Because I feel like we need something in the glass. We do. We are talking about the future the glass, of wine. For sure. Okay, so I do this. And I just want to say though, yeah. you know, when you know being able to sit with you and learn more about what you've been doing a lot behind the scenes as well right not not just being like not touting everything that you're doing yeah, but just yeah. the good work that you've been doing behind the scenes in terms of elevating and educating and i just think it's just amazing and it's beautiful thank you and, um, you're, it's yeah, again, worth you know, the investment yeah absolutely not because people stay and like that's what i'm okay with sure it's because yeah, yeah, they're supposed it, to fly yeah it it helps our industry. It helps the industry. Yeah. It's like investing in a Psalm who hasn't got classic training. Maybe they haven't worked in fine dining. Right. Maybe they've only just like tasted wine. We have a Psalm now only had like worked in a grocery store with wine. Okay. And now they're like one of our main Psalms. You know, like yeah. there's so many different paths that people will come to mm -hmm. it. And I think there's people who still haven't figured out that path. Sure. No, absolutely. And that and, and also that path will morph and, and change and evolve and, and um training. To be, but it's training and it's but training. to be a part of that yeah. journey and to support that journey. You're a part of it too. We're all a part no, of it. We all are. We absolutely are. Uh, yeah. I, we do this segment, it's called You Bring, I Bring. And and I brought I brought I know. I brought a wine. I don't know. I, I don't I was thinking about it this morning. I like told Nicole, I was like, Okay, grab this wine for me, please. Do you mind yeah. and chill it? And then I was like, wait, hold on that. And then I was like, No, go with that one. And then I was like, All right. So I'm excited to see what, yeah, which, do the which, reveal, which the big grand reveal. reveal. All, right. All right. So I'll tell you what I brought for you. I'm like, it's going to be the same one. No, yeah. I brought this It's called Las Nubes. Dominique Duran makes it with a guy in Chile. It's really hard to get. Okay. It's a unicorn wine of some sorts. It's oh, like wow. a super famous burgundy. Not like it's so crazy hard to get, yeah. but they just don't make a lot of it. Yeah. And it's a burgundy guy, Dominique Duran who met a Chilean winemaker and they make it together near Casablanca. Okay. I just felt like it was too great. I don't know. For me, I was like, Khalil, Khalil. Yeah. We're going to chill it. It's going to be set. And it's special, but it's a little funky. It's cool. Anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm honored. I can't wait to, to try that. What Absolutely. is that? So, are you familiar with uh, the Herman York guys? Yeah. So, we but were tell blessed us about to meet um, Dusty, Garrett, and Taylor. Last year, we were doing these uh, 
uh, when we still still do them, um, wine uh, dinner experiences with mm. the Lone Restaurant at the Ace Hotel. Oh, cool. Uh, just music and, and five-course meal and pairings. I'm like, and, what um, don't you do, like, <laughs> it's literally. All part of the It's just all part <laughs> of the ecosystem. But we were introduced to them through from Doug Swim at Amy Atwood, but they, are not, they don't have distribution. But these guys in Redlands, California, in the Inland Empire, finding people with vines in their backyards, like all this other stuff, and making beautiful wines. And this is a, uh, from the Lopez Ranch in Cucamonga Valley, this is a white Zinfandel. Oh my gosh, um, my favorite rosé. And they are, uh, what's what? number one, they're great guys. We're just so excited to support them. We're carrying them at the shop now. But, you know, they're telling the story of Southern California and exposing, you know, the, the t- people to... That this was this wine country so before cool. before Northern California, right? Yes. And, and mission grapes and and really, you know, speaking about the history mm. of Southern California and how these things come to be. And that's what I've really been loving learning about more and more in terms of, you know, the wine the history of wine parallels world history and world events. And oh it a hundred percent does. And it's fascinating. Oh, it's fascinating. You gotta so, write that book, Khalil. That would be sick. You could do it. To write it but I think you could definitely, you know, it's something that I would read for sure. But, you know, that's what's been fascinating for me is learning. And then also just supporting these small businesses and small, you know, and these families that are doing great work and that are so passionate about. So Lopez Ranch is like one family. Yeah. One small small, family. Small family. And like growing grapes in the Inland Empire seems kind of challenging. Like. I don't know. They must be up against I mean, a lot. Desert, in a lot of cases, you, you're dealing with vines that have thrived despite all odds. Yeah. Right? They're thriving and in a privation. They've been neglected. Yeah. yeah. Their roots are going so deep to find water. Crazy. You know what I mean? And th- it's still creating it. And there's no irrigation. Exactly. Yeah. So this smells, like, so vibrant. It smells intense yeah. in a way that, like, you're like, okay, What's this going to taste like? Right, exactly. It's got bursting fruit. It almost has like this like syrup. Not syrup. It's like a honey coated quality, but you know it's not going to be sweet. It's deceiving. It yeah, is. Yeah. Oh my god! And the color is just it's, absolutely yeah, it's a, it's a, out of this world. It's so good. It's like a deeper rosé. It's orangey and red. It's like orange somewhere between <laughs> red and orange. I grew up playing with, like, not playing with. When I was in preschool, we had to do, like, rods. I don't know. I think it's part of, like, Montessori. But it's, like, rods that were colors, and each rod represented the different colors and number. And there was one rod that was orange, and I always thought it was so weird. I was like, what? You're making up a color? I'm definitely using that. Mm. It's so salty. No, that's crazy. That is literally so deceiving. I thought it was going to be heavy. High alcohol, not yeah. sweet, because I know White Zinfandel has been sweet, but like sure. it's, I knew nah. it wasn't going to be sweet because I was like, this is not, Khalil would not bring oh, yeah, me a you sweet know, Yeah, you know rose. that, let's start yeah. It's, it's <laughs> so savory. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I thought you would enjoy it. I, um, and it, it blew me away when, when I first tasted it. And I think the only place people could get this would be at your wine bar. So if you want to try this, I don't have it, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to link in the show notes, obviously, to the wine bar. But tell yeah, me that story. Like, what, sure. what is it? What's happening? It just opened. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, part of the West Iwano story has been just one of natural evolution. Well, that is the full story. I mean, it's kind of one thing led to the next, but it's all been through 
just friendship and love and having fun and being open to the possibilities. And so we've had vision around certain things we could do and all that, but never really has, have chased anything. Mm. A lot of, you know, in beautiful ways, things have come to meet us. And this wine bar is one of those things. Um, Pre-pandemic, we were, you know, the wine tastings were going off and doing their thing. And, and we were starting to kind of have some ideas about what we, where we could take this. Mm. So a wine bar, wine shop kind of had come into play, but we hadn't really, you know, gotten too deep into that. Then the quarantine hit. Uh, we built an audience online, continued to build. And uh, when we came out of it, our events had just exploded. And you had a crazy successful wine club. And Well, that, yes. Yeah. So then, like, oh, right. Thank you for hundreds that. Hundreds of members, like crazy. Yeah, yeah, I'm, it went. I know wine club. I've been dabbling in it. And yeah. I know other people's and yours is like it's cute. It's, notion, it's massive. Yeah. yeah like yeah, it's, it's a, it's a serious notion. business. Yeah. yeah. I think this, some of this has been that like, again, back to what, how we started this conversation, not being indoctrinated into so, you know, one set way of doing things, but also being naive enough mm. or green enough to be like, yeah, to say yes to all yeah. these things, right? And then take the chance, you know, and then just have wonderful people in our, in our, in our circle and community that have, you know, been a part of this journey. So yeah, the first stop was natural action and it continues. So 2020 movement for black lives, protests going on left and right, mm. dovetailing with the work that I do in arts and culture and the friends that we had made in wine. So many people had been trying to figure out ways to support the movement. And mm. we got a call from our good friends, uh, Cameron and Mar, uh, with Amplify Wines. Yeah. And they had been contacted by some friends uh, in, in, that wanted to, you know, pretty much raise some money and donate it. And Cam was like, yo, like, knowing you all and knowing you and what you do outside of wine, I think there's a conversation there. So we got together, had a call, and me and Taryn, and then we we they reached out to... Uh, a few other folks, Saman, Boo. It started also with Eric Bach from Good Boy Wine. So we all got on this Zoom, and it resulted in, I think it was Saman who start, who said, it was like, we should, sounds like we should do a wine club. Because we wanted to do something that was active. We didn't want to just yep. be a passive organization and right. just donate money. We wanted to actually affect the wine industry mm, and be I a part of, of increasing inclusivity and equity yeah. in the wine industry. So... We landed on this wine club and it's called Natural Action. And it is a natural wine club subscription in which our members receive quarterly shipments of four bottles of wine exclusive to our members, as well as black art and history from my family collection. Like, um, how do you inc incorporate the art? So on all of the labels, yeah. uh, we have a theme. Each shipment, we have a theme. And it may be, you know, art art from the, you know, a historical canon of art history, or it may be books that, you know, we want to, historical books, different things from the collection, but the labels all are adorned with, this, so with these pieces, beautiful imagery, but also all of the assets that accompany them, you know, that accompany the, the, the pairing notes and the, and the tasting notes and things like that. You also get a deeper dive into what's on the label. So, so insane. Our, our so members crazy. are learning as they're you know, as they're, as they're drinking. Up. Wait, I gotta well, sign know, up. We, we would love to yeah, have you. Yeah, I'm signing up. I'm signing up. Um, and it just really was met with such a beautiful response from, you know, the community, from from wine drinkers. From there, it's it's extended into apprenticeships and internship programs. We have a, a scholarship program uh, connected to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo in which we are able to, to uh, provide scholarships to black and brown students in wine. Amazing. Uh, and it's just been amazing. Um, and, you know, it, it's gotten a little more challenging now that everyone has come out of the quarantine. And sure. All of our work 
respectively, you know, outside of the wine club has increased in beautiful ways. Everyone has has been thriving. Everyone's thir- like flourishing. You know, yeah. So yeah. We're, we're figuring out the structure still in, in a lot of ways. And we we appreciate all of our members for understanding this this journey and being on this journey with us. But that's natural action. And then from there, we just kept building. I and love that. The, the latest thing is uh, Offhand Wine Bar. And that is a Westside Winos establishment. So cool. Um, it is in Santa Monica. True West Side shit. Yeah. Uh, pardon my pardon my <laughs> French. But we are from, you know, the West Side, Taryn and I. And um, this came to us from our dear brother and business partner, Jared Meisler. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I know Friend Jared. Bar and the Brig and yeah. Rave. Uh, just, you know, he is a veteran. In, in, veteran uh, of nightlife. Of nightlife, exactly. Hot spots. So he had been, you know, really watching us, you know, and we were doing all this stuff at the Friend Bar at his establishment. And... He said, hey, I got this coffee bar that I'm doing or planning on the west side. And he said, but but I want to talk a wine bar with y'all. Amazing. And um, we we started and we, I mean, pretty much sight unseen. We just said, yeah, well, Taryn first. Taryn was like, yeah. He was like, I'm, I don't even have to talk to Justin and Khalil. I know they're going to say yes. And certainly, I mean, before he could even get the full sentence out, we, we both were like, yeah. Since and we recently opened. We are a natural wine bar on the west side in an area that I affectionately call the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, <laughs> Why? Because it is, growing up in that area, I'm just, you know, getting back to skateboarding, I grew up going to Rip City Skate Shop, one of the original skate shops in LA. And it's on 26th mm. and Santa Monica Boulevard. I would then skate from oh. there, up the street, up Santa Monica to the Santa Monica Courthouse. And, and you pass by this area that, is you don't quite know where you are. I'm like, pour me one. Let me. Oh, you're you gonna drink it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna pour the red. So I, yeah, okay. So you I will. Pass I will. Pour. I just had to take another sip. So there's a little park at Bundy and Santa Monica Boulevard. That's a little sliver of a of a triangle. And growing up, it was the most random part of the city for me because you don't know if you're in Santa Monica or West LA or Brentwood or what, right? But also, there's just random businesses. It's just like super nondescript. And I just started calling it the Bermuda Triangle when I was young. Like, amazing. where am I? Like, you know oh what I mean? Oh, my God. Amazing. And so now we're right down the street from there. Okay. I poured the Chilean Pinot made by a guy from Burgundy. It's so funny. I picked this. Oh, wow. Sort of like unconventional from like a explodes. guy. From like a super conventional place. Yeah. It's pretty cloudy. It doesn't really look like Pinot Noir. It smells yeah. like very rugged, mountainy Pinot Noir. It's smoky. Yeah. There's a little VA, but it's incorporated. I think it's really cool. I think it's beautiful. It and it's deceiving. It's deceiving. Ma- it's as very well. deceiving. This, yeah. The nose is very like wet, wet stones, and then like you taste it, and it's just crazy. I love this. So, Cleo, I gotta ask you a question. Thank you. Oh my god, thank you. Thank you. What stresses you out? Because like literally, mm. I feel like you do so much. You work on so much. You are in like the high pressure world of art. Yeah. You know, paving paths in art and food and wine and like culture and everything like but you're always just like it's great it's good like that's one thing I really admire about you you. I've thought about it a lot because I wear my stress more you know as I get older I'm better about it but I don't think anything stresses you out it's amazing well thank you for thinking (laughs) that um I mean it definitely I do definitely you know have my stresses and anxieties and everything, my insomnia sometimes, like mm. all of those things. And that comes from time has just been the central thing in my life, my entire life. I've had dreams, as far as back as I can remember, I've had dreams about not having enough time. Time. Or the walls are closing in or whatever yeah. else it is. And partly now it's because I take on a lot and I have a lot of irons in the fire and I'm passionate about all of it. It's not, thing, they're not, I'm not involved in anything that are just transactional. Right. Right, they're things that, 
I care about. You're personally that I, attached. You know, that I'm personally attached to and that I have, you know, that are that are all, you know, my baby in one way or another. So wanting so much for those babies, right, is is a stressor sometimes. Yeah. When people aren't, you know, perhaps engaging in them or with them the right way. Right. Uh, or playing with my time. Right. I hate that. Um, that's something that, that gets me a lot. That's um, a good one, actually. And then just, I think mainly, though, not having enough time because I want to be, I want to be thoughtful. Yes. All the time, right. I want to, yeah. I want to be able to have enough time to be thoughtful in my approach, to be left of center, to be, you know, to be considerate. And when I don't have that time or yeah. that, you know, that downtime of stillness or anything else, I get Breast cancer ever. Do you, do you still skate? Uh, I push around. Yeah. <laughs> I push around. I don't jump. It's but it's like a, a way lot, to unplug. But I, do, but I still am a very active snowboarder. Oh. Uh, I've been snowboarding all my life as well. Where my do you like to go? Favorite mountain. To favorite mountain to date has been uh, Nagano in Japan. I, I um, bet it's incredible. Yeah. Pre, pre-pandemic, I was going once a year for a couple of years. Awesome. Years. Badass. Um, Whistler also is a favorite mountain. Yes. Mammoth is a favorite mountain. I like Whistler. As far as close and local. I don't snowboard though. Yeah. But Ski. Ski. No doubt. Ski. I, I started I... skiing and then I got my first snowboard in 1989 and I've been sporting ever, ever since. It makes sense. Years, so like. Yeah. Yeah, it's my favorite thing in the world because it gives me that time and space and feel whether it's with a crew or not. Like I never was an organized sports player and I'm an only child, so I'm good alone. It's just something very freeing. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's why yeah. I brought it up. Okay, so before we wrap, I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but yeah, I know. I'm like, we just need to hang out. So before we wrap, I like to do a little rapid fire right now. So okay. it's how you feeling right now. Yeah. Does It's not yeah. nothing concrete. Are you yeah, down? I am. They're All easy. Right, they're easy. You got it. White or red? Red. Light or full? Full. Orange or rosé? Natural rosé. Yeah. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Fried chicken plus. Mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you good. better believe it. I'm, yeah. Uh, truffles <laughs> or caviar? Caviar. All right. Current drink order. Oh, uh, current drink order. Good soup, Westside Winos and Amplify. Yes. It's my favorite wine right now. You made a wine. Yeah, yeah. First wine ever. It's and really it's, good. I'm enjoying, we're enjoying it. Uh, it's really good and and uh, it's aging well. Exclusively at Offhand. Not it, yet. It, it, it will not be. Yet. It, uh, it, Flask and Field nice. downtown. At nice. Our good friends, Miriam and and, and Rebecca. And then uh, Bar and Garden, uh, awesome. Culver City, our dear, our dear friends there. You know, by the glass. At, uh, at yeah. <laughs> Khalil, thank you so much. Can you let everybody know if they want to find out more info about like yeah. you or what you're doing or where where should they go? Sure. Um, everything's Instagram uh, for the most part. So uh, my personal is Diz Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. Other than that is Westside Winos. It's the Kinsey Collection. It is uh, Offhand Wine Bar. It's Natural Action WC. And it is Context Projects, which is my other arts creative agency literally uh, blown away so that I'm, that's uh those are all of the instagrams <laughs> it's a lot but uh if you go to this gibraltar everything is everything's there everything's just casually right drops yeah. another business yeah. we didn't talk about right at all and i just want to you know <laughs> want to give love and respect to my brothers uh in in wine uh terrence stevenson justin leathers jared meisler and just all of the you know natural wine community that has embraced us want to just give you all of the love for, for being a beacon and an example and a friend Thank you. Thank you so much. I think everybody's New Year's resolution, just add on, go to Offhand. Go to Offhand. Get a glass of wine. It's a cool cool spot if I I I say so myself. It feels like you're somewhere else there. Like, intentionally, we kind of wanted it to feel that way. Yeah. But people have been saying, like, yo, it feels like I'm in Tokyo. It feels like I'm in 
Europe Center. Dude, just like sick. all of that. And I'm so there. it's a dope spot. Coming it's Sunday. inviting. It's warm. And, and uh, we welcome everybody to, to come through. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, everybody. If you want to know what I'm doing, you know you can follow me at Helen's Wines or go to helenswines.com. If you want to join the wine club, or you want to get a gift, you want to see what kind of dope shit we got. But thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.